comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I'm by my... Oh, no, I'm not. Surprise. <laughs> I got Logan stumped with me today. What is this? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, guys. I've come out of retirement. Um, Ray Gaddis actually called me. Um uh, and it was talking about yeah. the fact that I should just come out of retirement, you know, come back, you'll enjoy it, you'll play well, you'll be in the top, you know, four spot in the East, and life will be great. Got the LeBron James of podcasting with us. Today. Like the Phenom guy, right? He's like the LeBron James of soccer. Of podcasting? Logan stuff. <laughs> uh, I missed you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, this is one of those times where we haven't really spoken outside right. the show. You were so busy or just wanted some time off i don't know but <laughs> could not get a hold of logan i'll tell you um, off the show what was happening yeah um i told people you had some car issues that so, yes so you that. couldn't drive up here to record <laughs> yeah i don't know if people know that right i mean i don't know if people know that i commute every uh, monday i think it yeah, is he sits to right next to me right here let's see yeah i know i'm like could you imagine your arms <laughs> Just hard came in. Uh, this was this was Logan after his uh, car issue. It's over. We are screwed. That's what so I thought I about the podcast too. I thought we I thought we were over. Um, Logan is back. How are you today, Logan? I'm good. Um, I, it uh, it's good to be back. Like I'm excited to get back into it because I've just been like over the last like week and a half, I've just been like swamped with so many different things because what's coming, the year's ending. So this is a brutal time for teachers. Uh, I know teachers, if you're listening, you can, you can uh, vouch for that fact that it's just, uh, it's just so busy and hectic and chaotic. And then you throw in car troubles uh, and then another thing in, and, and then you have chaos, uh, chaos ensues. It's chaos. It's like a MLS, uh, MLS at dark, right? It's like, a, <laughs> yeah. Just podcasting after dark. All right. Um, <laughs> it's what my weeks felt like. And then I look at the table and I'm just going, oh my gosh, uh, there's just so much I missed. And I had to watch some highlights and all sorts of different things. So bear with me. Yeah, we had the Open Cup as well. Logan's Orlando gets to celebrate over my union in the mm -hmm. stateside soccer show Derby, which the union didn't really take that seriously. They didn't really put out a full squad it left lots of union fans very upset on twitter i among them because this is something we haven't won i'd like to win it we've reached a final three times i'd like to win it but um you know uh, especially when you're on the road i feel like that's probably not the best time to just send out send out another team you could you know, the LAFC game, you probably could have sat some players in that game because that is a league game where you have plenty of ground to make up. But then the league results haven't been there for the Union either. Four straight draws and a loss in their last five games. They've now slipped to third place in the East. Below Orlando and below, surprise, uh, Montreal. Uh, who I talked about last week are rebranding. Did you get? Did you see that, Logan? They're no. going to come out with a new crest. Yeah, because of the complaints. Uh, so 
Uh, we'll, we'll probably get that sometime soon, I guess. But are you kidding? I'm That's not kidding. Trip, right? I'm not kidding. I was like looking at the at the calendar. I'm like, it's not April first, so we're well past that. What a joke! I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's. I guess they're playing well, so they're like, you know what? We're playing well now. We need to rebrand. We can't be the same old crappy football club de foot. I think they're keeping the name. I just think they're changing the crest. That's what it sounds like, anyway. I got more beef with the name than I do the crest, I think. Oh, I got beef with the crest, too. I went over this whole thing last episode where I showed this, and I said, look how boring this is. (laughs) It's just a whole bunch of lines. It's like a a snowflake, arrows, and that's it, right? And then a very basic circle. Mm -hmm. It's just so plain. No character. In it, so I'm thankful they're rebranding. But I went on this huge rant about how they can't just get it right the first time. You know, we had to see it with this, right? Yeah, we had to see it with this Chicago mm. teams that are just uh, and it sounds like they've already made their decision on the crest, so it doesn't sound like they got fan feedback again. So this could be a whole oh, disaster again. We, we'll see when that comes out, I guess. but. I think the rumors on the street are it's going to be like a Tyrion Re, uh in the middle of a logo, just going like that. Or, or him with like his, uh, where he's leaning <laughs> up against the goalpost. Yeah. It'll be, it'll Do be one great. of those. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like uh, clip art. <laughs> but seriously, before we get into much of it here, just uh, wanted to bring up some stats from Todd at the free kick. He's been on our show a few times, Philadelphia Union podcast, number one union podcast in Hartford County. But we have, uh, you know, five straight uh, blown leads Mm. for the Union. Uh, For a team that's known for their defense, that's a problem. Another problem is their record when they go up a man, right? Uh, They have this, this week, we'll talk about this game in a little bit, but they had a lead. Against the Red Bulls, they get a re- Red Bulls get a red card, and 11 minutes later, Red Bulls score. And for 24 minutes, the Union cannot get the lead. Uh, that's how long it was since the equalizer, and they actually had almost a whole second half. It was the 55th minute when Red Bulls got the red card. Uh, November of 2021. It was a 1-1 draw against NYCFC after a red card to NYCFC in the 21st minute. Union score in the 26th, and NYCFC equalized in the 53rd. They lost a game up a man against Minnesota in October of 2021. It was a 3-2 scoreline before the 77th minute when Minnesota got the red card. That was an away game in Minnesota, already Minnesota up a goal, so that one's not too bad i guess uh there was a win for them against orlando when orlando got a red card in september of last year but that was the 88th minute uh 88th minute red card they had already had the lead at that point they sealed it with the shabilko penalty kick they lost a game in september last year to the revs when the revs went down a man in the 59th minute couldn't even equalize there. They drew against Chicago when Chicago went down a man in the 34th minute. They equalized in the 36th, Philly did, and then they could not uh, could not take the lead in the rest of the game. And uh, the, the Red Bull one in May of last year was Corey Burke scored in the ninth minute. The red card was in the 90-plus two, so not a big difference there. But it's, it's becoming kind of a pattern where they're not winning games when they're up a man. This game was at home. They were up a man for a while. They've got to put these games away. You know, we're still waiting for uh, Ura to really make it a an impact. He's, like, missing games. He's, you know, not starting a lot of games. That's been a problem. I don't know. I know it was a lot of games in a row for them with the Open Cup, and uh, they had two straight um, away games before that, I think, and then the Open Cup game was away. So that's kind of been a tough stretch for them, but 
just uh, something something to keep an eye on here is they've fallen from first place now to third. They still have a game up on Orlando, but you know they just haven't. They've only lost one game still, but they have five wins and five draws. If any of these other four draws have been a win or two, they would still be top. And it's blown leads. It's not taking advantage of being up a man. That's the kind of stuff that's that's worrying right now. And this is a stretch the Union usually goes on every season. So they'll probably turn it around. They'll probably finish in a playoff spot. Not much to worry about there. But it's just something that, you know, we were all kind of saying, hey, they got their strikers now as they come into the this season. Get your strikers. Make a run. Right, that's what we were all saying, and it doesn't seem like they've been able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it, the the defense is still holding solid, like a nine goals given up. It's I think second best in the league, so that's that's good. Um, it, it's not the defensive issues, but it does. I mean, it sounds like Jordan, but it, it, it comes down to it's just that instinct to just take over games and complete games, like to finish games, and that's that is it's a big problem, and uh, and. You're, but you're right. Like I think it was this time last year that they kind of went into like a weird tailspin. Um, yeah, and somewhere around there. Then I remember towards the end of the season, it was like they couldn't be beat. Um, so it was, you know, I, I think clubs go through this. I think they're in a really good spot where they are. I think there's a lot of clubs that are kind of just shifting around in positions right now, um, maybe more so, you know, higher more so than they would be at the end of the year. But, I mean, if you look at the union, um, Daniel Gazdog leads their scoring in six goals. Jillian Carranza's four. Um, but I mean, like you said, if you want, if you want goals, and we were kind of worried about that at the beginning of the season, if they if they're not getting goals, then I, I think they're going to be pretty easy to beat, just because I think they, like you said, they kind of just have gone flat at times and and don't really know how to finish games. There was a stretch in June 26 that started on my birthday. Okay, mm-hmm. last year. To August 1st, where they won one game, drew four, and lost two. So that's, yeah, we're probably a month and a half ahead of schedule here. But they also didn't start off the season hot last year because of CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. Um, Also, they started the season later last year, right? Um, One. So this game... How many games was this into the season? One, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This was game eleven that that started. Where we played eleven. Yep. So you're right in the sense of how many games it's been. That yes, this is around that same time where they went through a pretty tough stretch. Yeah, because I think uh, I can kind of remember it. Like it felt like we were talking about them being title contenders early on in the season because their defense was so good. They've been playing really well in cocky calf. I'm like, this is a good Union team, deep. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was like they went into the spin and then you got out of the spin cycle and it was like they went on this run and it, they marched through the playoffs and had it not been for COVID, I think they end, end up in an MLS final. Um, so it, I, yeah, it's interesting. And if they, if anybody's going to pull them out of that rut, out of that draw rut, I think it's curtain. Like, I think that they've got the guys there. I think it's now just about, can they get the finisher? Uh, and that's, that's a big problem for teams. Um, in the playoffs, too, just you can't get to the playoffs and let these games just hang in the balance because you're just not going to win games like that. Um, I know what scoring droughts feel like, so yeah, it seems like we're in one too all the time. Another another big thing that is kind of similar to that stretch last year is that it was mostly away games compared to home games. Mm-hmm. This this year it's three away, two home. Last year in that stretch I talked about was five away and two home. So uh, guess what? They have one more home game against Inter Miami, and then they have two straight away again. So that would be five away games and three home in that stretch. If they can, they'll have to turn it around against Miami on the 18th, I think, which is a Wednesday game. As we'll talk about, we have Wednesday games as well, but. All right, uh, but let's talk about Montreal, Logan. They've had four wins in their last five. Mahalovic has six goals on the season. And they now have six wins, two draws, three losses. And have uh, played 11, have 20 points. And, uh, yeah, they sit above Orlando and Philly. And like I said, they haven't lost in their last five games, which is a pretty impressive feat. 
they're somehow sitting top of the East when a lot of people thought they weren't going to be as good. Um, they've kind of been a surprise team last year and this year. Uh, just what are your thoughts? Is it all Mahalovich or, you know, what, what are, um, what happens when he cools down? Do they still have what it takes to maybe stay near the top? I mean, they're, they're getting goals from everywhere. They've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six goal, or sorry, six defenders that have a goal to their names. <laughs> so that's kind of impressive. But I mean, the Mihailovic thing, they're just riding an MVP type of season. I mean, mm-hmm. not to the same extent. Three assists, too. Yeah, not to the same extent as, you you know, Hani Buktar, because I think Nashville's overall a better team or had been a better team. Um, but I think a lot of this, is, it rides on Mihailovic. I think. Yes, like I think they can be a playoff team. No, I don't think they're still one. I mean, the, if he continues to play like that, they're a top team just because he's getting goals um, that he normally doesn't have. But if you look at their numbers, their defense is still not solid. Like they don't have one of the better defenses. And that in this league, that'll just eat you alive in the playoffs. If you if you give up goals in this league, it's really hard to compete just because this game, the, this league, they'll just open the game. They don't care. Like these other big teams. Like, could you imagine them going up against Philly in a playoff game? I just don't think it would go well right now. If you manhunt uh, Mihailovic, if you just mark him and put a mark on him in the midfield, then you really take him out of the game. You take out their attack. Because if you look at it, Romel Kyoto, I know he's your boy, but yeah, I think, boy. <laughs> I think a consistent Romel Kyoto is non-existent. Um, I think at times he goes three to goals to assists. Yeah, but I think I, it, he's not somebody you look at. Uh, he's not like a Chicharito. He's not like a Sebastian Fierro. He's not like a Drewsy. Like he's not one of those guys that's prolific. And I think that's kind of what they need to be one of those top tier teams. Now, if they get that this summer, I think if they get like one of those really top, you know, wingers or maybe the, a goal scorer to kind of add into that mix, then I think this team becomes more exciting. But I don't know. I, because I still Jordy, like, I still I like, like the Kamara do. signing. Yeah. Uh, he's played, if we read his stats, like 10 games played, only two goals, two assists. Maybe yeah. not so great, right? But four starts. Four mm-hmm. starts and having two goals, two assists, I feel like for somebody that came in kind of uh, as a free agent, this is pretty pretty good signing. At 37 especially, right? Like, Yeah. Um, this might be you know, one of his final final seasons um i i think that they can i think they can kind of keep this up a bit uh one of the things they have going for them is that they're scoring goals right yes 22 goals for is second most in mls tied for first is lafc and austin so they're in good company there when you look at the other teams like orlando and philly near the top of the east they have 14 and 16 since he has 16, Red Bulls have 17, NYCFC have 21, right? NYCFC have only also only given up 10. Uh, they also have two uh, one game in hand of Montreal. So I'm actually looking at, while Montreal can stay near the top, I'm looking at NYCFC, who have been hot as well. Four wins and a draw in their last five as well, same as Montreal. To start making that push up to the table because if they win their game in hand, Logan, they will have 20 points that would even with Montreal. And uh, I mean, uh, Tati, you know, uh, Castellanos, six goals, same as Mahalovich, right? Feels like we've not really talked about Castellanos much this season, right? but he's starting to turn it on. NYCFC are starting to score goals. Um, Really, they just started kind of going on that goal scoring run. Six, nothing against, uh, you know, RSL. 5-4 5-4 against TFC, 3-0 against San Jose, 2-0 against the crew, and then that nil-nil against NYCFC uh, on the 7th. And really, when we look at the Toronto game, that's four goals. That's four of the 10 they've given up. So if you take mm-hmm. that game out, they've only given up six. So I'm starting to look at, okay, NYCFC is getting hot. They'll probably take over first soon, and Montreal will fall. But I think Montreal can has a really good shot at a top four spot if everything continues well for them. Because you're looking at the t- if we just read out these top uh, seven teams right now, it's interesting, isn't it? We got Montreal, mm-hmm. Orlando, Philly, Cincinnati, 
So where are Reds fans going to go? They're going to watch FC Cincinnati. Red Bulls <laughs> in fifth, NYCFC in sixth, Atlanta in seventh. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, you know, for as much as we've talked about how impressive Charlotte's been, they're in ninth. DC United's in eighth. Crew is in ele- uh, in tenth place. And I want to ask you about Crew, Logan. How much longer does Caleb Porter get? Because he won MLS Cup just in 2020, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty handily, three nothing result or whatever. But they're not doing anything. I that makes me think, to be honest, that they're not going to replace him. He won an MLS Cup in the last year and a half. I feel like that's a hard thing to say. You're fired, especially in this league. That's something that happens in like the EPL, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, when we're looking at MLS, right, and when they're only still sitting two points out of a playoff spot, I have a hard time thinking that Caleb Porter's seat is super hot right now. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, I mean, it, it, he won that MLS Cup too with a team that I don't think many thought were the, that deserving of it. Then they just got hot at no, the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the bottom bottom playoff teams. So, it, yeah, like it it is an interesting thought too. And and I think another thing to add on to that, Jordan, is I think going into a new stadium, I don't really think they want a, you know like a, a, a reset. If it's going to be a reset, I think it's with Caleb Porter. I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he. I think the personnel just doesn't work together. And I think that's what we've kind of figured out. He's kind of one of those coaches. I don't know how to really explain. Like I think it, it kind of has that same kind of thing. If like, I guess if you know. Conte was struggling right now, or if, you know, Pep or Jurgen were really struggling in EPL, I think you'd have that same kind of sentiment. Um, I think it's the same thing with Greg Vanny, Peter Vermees. Like, I think there's just guys in the league that, is there really anything better out there? And I don't, I don't think there's anything uh, quite out, you know, quite like uh, Caleb Porter. So I don't think right now is really his time. And like you said, they're not far out of the playoffs. And in this league, I mean, heck, you know, I, I go absent for two weeks and Cincinnati's all of a sudden up in fourth place. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's a, a big testament to kind of like how they play. But it, but it also speaks to the craziness of this league. This league you're just never out of. So, no, I don't think it's that hot. But I do think that the personnel just doesn't do it anymore. And they're not seeing like, you know, they're, they're not seeing some of these guys come around. I think like they thought, I mean, Pedro Santos as a goal hasn't played extremely well and is aging. I think there's concern there. They get rid of Giazzi Zardes. I mean, that, that's kind of, uh, I think Without that was a replacement, a right? Yeah. I mean, the, Miguel Perry, but I mean, he's not, he's like, young. Yeah. I mean, he's played really well to begin with, but he, I mean, he's yeah, 24. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you and I talk about this. That's pretty old. So. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I he feels young because he came through, mm-hmm. right? And he like didn't feel like he had a lot of chances before this, right? Yeah, like they would get playing time, of course, but not to the standard where you're able to really see. I don't think as much and be like, oh, we got to move Zardes for this guy. Like that's something that I think hurts a bit. To me, it's a question of is it the coaching or is it the players? And I feel like part of it is uh, as much as we thought this team was going to be really good last year and they weren't, I'm starting to think that that run was a fluke. And not on just the coaching, but on the players. I think they had a really good postseason. Mm-hmm. Won it all. Unexpectedly. Right? Everybody thought Seattle was going to crush them because of the injuries to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Then they bring in you know, uh, some some aging stars and some other players from teams, and we thought, oh, they've restocked. They're going to be great. And it kind of fell apart. And to me, I think that means it's just not as much of a coaching issue as much as it also is a personnel issue. Um, so I think the players, uh, they might need a refresh, uh, but I think they would give Porter next year with an updated squad, and then if that doesn't work, then you think about moving on coaches. I mean, yeah. again, they're only two points of a playoff spot right now. So with the way Atlanta has been playing, it's conceivable for the crew to get up there, but just, just something to keep in mind uh, as you know, new England who won the supporter shield are now also languishing in 11th place. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with 12 points. Uh, they've they've been rough to watch, though they've been a little better. A win and two draws in their last three games. Two wins and two draws in their last five. But I'll tell you somebody who hasn't been fun to watch, Toronto. Five straight <laughs> losses. They lose to NYCFC 5-4. to four. They lose to Cincy 2-1. to one. They lose to Cincy 2-0. to zero. They lose to Vancouver 1-0. They lose to Orlando City 1-0. Uh, I think we were kind of jumping a gun on how fast Bob can make an impact here because mm-hmm. I do think he can, right? Again, only four points from a playoff spot. That's how tight it is in the East. It's a 10-point difference from first to last compared to like the 15-point difference in, in first place. Uh, so I thought we just maybe jumped a gun a little bit there with Toronto. I think Bob can still make a little bit of impact, but I think they just need new players too. I, I really mm-hmm. think they kind of have just an aging lineup at this time, if I'm not just BSing it. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to find like stats on No, you do. Like, so you've got Michael Bradley is almost 35. Uh, Jesus Jimenez, who's played 12 games for him as a forward, almost 29. Uh, Pozuelo is almost 31. Um, then you got then you got some young like guys. Yeah, they have uh, a lot of 1920. It looks like yeah. on here. So it's like really aging guys and guys they're that have really no young. clue what they're doing. It's like oh, uh, because uh, like it's good for the younger guys, but I mean these are you know these kids are I mean they're 19. There's a 21 year old, a 19 year old, and Jaden Nelson. Uh, you also have Cozy. Uh, Thompson. So, I mean, 19 year old and just turned 19. Um, and then you've got, but you do, you've got then the aging guys, their defense has been awful. Um, they thought bringing Carlos Salcedo in would be a help. And while he's had the pedigree of being a pretty decent player, um, it's just not worked out well for him. And they've, they've given up 23 goals, which is tied for second to last with sporting Casey. Um, and only San Jose has been more atrocious. So, I don't think goal scoring is going to be their issue ever. I think it's just, like you said, Jordan, it's like an aging back end. Like it's that aging back end that's just not working anymore. It seems their their issue as well, right, is that they've played 12 games. They're mm-hmm. one of the only teams that have played 12, and they're still in 12th place. Remember, there was a time where they were up in the playoff spot until these yeah. last five games or so, right? Like they were bottom – up to a playoff spot and then back down because we were like, okay, they've turned it around. They're they're doing better, and then all of a sudden it's back to the basement. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they got to be thankful that Miami and Chicago are down there. Um, let, let's talk about Chicago, I guess, while we're down here too. Four straight losses. Their leading goal scorers, Logan, are still Shakiri and Shabilka with two goals. And, you know, Gaga Slonina didn't have a great game against Cincinnati. They also lost 4-1 against Chicago, 2-1 against the the uh, Red Bulls, 3-0 against Minnesota. It doesn't seem like he's going to be able to have that ch- clean sheet record he was going for here as they've just been getting some big losses at a part where we thought they were a little bit more further ahead than where they are, I think. And... uh it seems like this happens every few years for them. They're they're at the they're at the bottom. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, it's not. They good don't even his. give up that many goals. Thirteen. Yeah, but they just don't score. Not and they're like they're. It's not an easy fix. Like the defense is usually the easier of the fix. Uh, I, I always feel like like I feel like you can add two or three big difference makers. Whereas like the attack man, you've got to find guys that that just work well seemingly together. Um, and you and I talked about this, like besides Shakiri and Chabelko, who are they going to get goals from? I mean, they gutted that roster. I think you and I were laughing at the fact that in behind Miami, it was like both of them were just like, you know what? We don't want anything back that we had. Um, and when you do that, I mean, it's at least two to three seasons that you get any what of a competitive team back. And that's just, could you imagine being Shakiri right now? Like, could you imagine like coming over from Europe and going, oh my God, like, why did they, how did they convince me here? And now Chris Mueller's well, added that mix. So it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> to match credit, uh, Shakiri hasn't done much right. uh, for Chicago. Look, we talked about how they each have two goals, right? That's four. That's half of Chicago's mm-hmm. goals. They've only scored eight. 
you have Stanislav uh, Ivanov with one, Bornstein with one, O four with one, and uh, Duran with one. And then you have the two of Shabilko and the two of Shakiri. I don't even know the last time. Let's see. The last time, like, Shabilko and Shakiri scored a goal? It had to have been a long time ago, I would think, at this rate. Let me try to see if I can find that information out. Shabilko scored his two goals against SKC that same game, and Shakiri scored one in that game. So out of those four goals that those two have combined for, three of them were in one match on March 19th. Against one of the worst defenses in the league. Yes. (laughs) Yes, and before that, they had won 2-0, and that was Stanislav Ivanov and Bornstein's goals. They won 2-0 against D.C. And guess what, Logan? That was the last time. uh, Those were the first... That was the third game of the season, but their first goals of the season. They had had those two straight draws with Inter and Orlando at nil-nil. They've had four nil-nil draws throughout the course of the season against Dallas, Galaxy, Orlando, Miami. Uh, They've lost to Orlando 1-0. They've beat D.C. in sporting. And then they've lost to Minnesota, lost to Red Bulls, lost to Atlanta, lost to Cincinnati. Just a brutal stretch for Chicago. There was a part where they were actually doing very well. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Up until April second, they had not lost a game. They had three straight draw. They had three draws and two wins. Mm-hmm. And then it all fell apart from there, where they have not won since March nineteenth. That SKC game where Shabilko scored two goals and Shakiri scored one. That's bad. Yeah. And that Shakiri goal is a penalty, by the way. I was going to say he had a penalty. I remember that. Yes. Yep. So just not, I mean, but like, it's so hard to, you can't just have, I think they thought. They were the last undefeated team in the season. (laughs) But I think they thought, let's hit a home run. I think some of these teams do this. Let's hit a home run with the name people know, but let's not put anything in and around it that's valuable. And I think that's, I mean, that's what this league turns into. I think that's what Miami did too. Like if you look at the Miami did it, they tried to do it last year with Brenner in Cincinnati, right? They tried that before with Frankie Amaya. So like, you know, you've got guys like this, they throw in Luciano Acosta last year and that's panned out well, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like it feels like they go for the home run ball in this league so much and you can't just have one player. It's just not how this game works. Look at the teams that are at the top. I mean, you got teams that that have guys that play well together, um, that have a cohesive unit. And but the, I mean, these bottom of the league teams. If you look at them on the flip side, uh, you're looking at teams that just kind of throw guys out there, and they have the one big name or two big names, and they're like, "Oh, look at us, we're shiny." But are you really if you're not really competing that well? Yeah, that kind of covers the East, right? I mean, mm-hmm. anybody else you want to speak about on the East before we move on to the West? I mean, I, we didn't really talk about Miami, but they're kind of going through the same issues. Two losses and a draw in their last five with two wins, those wins coming against Seattle and um, Atlanta. I mean, NYC They NYCF's, lost to New England, yeah. they lose to Charlotte, and they draw with D.C. NYCFC and Cincinnati are really hot. Um, yeah, but I mean, they, they've Cincinnati, Cincy, four yeah. straight. Yeah, um, I will say though, Jordan, if you look at the games they've won, um, it's the Fire, uh, Minnesota United. Uh, they beat Toronto FC, and they've also beat Toronto FC. So it not the best of games, but that being said, they look so much better than they have in the past, and they don't look like a wooden spoon team this year. So that's good. That's some positive. We'll see, but optimistic here, right? They're nine points from bottom, Logan. They're one point from the top. Yeah. Now, of course, they have a game in hand compared. I mean, they've played one more than Philly and Montreal, but um, yeah, 
the point that they're one point behind Orlando is is impressive. For the fact that they're in the fourth spot, I don't think they. This would have been dream scenario if you presented this to Cincinnati fans at the beginning of the season. You have a home playoff game spot in the middle of May. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, sign us up. This would be great." And it's so fun to kind of watch their fans because their fans have been in just such disarray for so long. So it's there. There was a stretch where Cincinnati had had more wins than the Cincinnati Reds in mm-hmm. fewer opportunities. <laughs> so uh, that's just how bad the Reds were. But yeah. uh, and they've scored more. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like there's got to be some sort of like Cincinnati curse, right? Like, yeah, there is. Like, okay, the Bengals were good. So mm-hmm. now the Reds are going to be terrible, but there can only be one bad team because now the uh, Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati, has moved up. I don't know. Maybe there's something to that because before the Bengals used to be really bad, mm-hmm. the Reds were good. Cincinnati, Cincinnati didn't was, exist. Yeah. <laughs> FC Cincinnati didn't exist. We'll see. Uh, let's go over to the West here as we get to LAFC sitting top. They lost, though, to the Rapids 2-0. Uh, Carlos Vela is their top goal scorer, but they've only uh, he's only scored four goals, but they've still scored 23, so they're really passing around pretty, pretty mm-hmm. evenly. They've won three in their last five, and that one draw is against the Union 2-2. Dallas sits second. They've had three wins and two draws in their last five games. Austin sit third. They've lost two in a row, one to the Galaxy, one to RSL. A little bit should be a little deflating for them. They're still only three points back, though. Galaxy sit fourth. They've lost two in their last five, RSL and Dallas being those. So those are not bad teams to lose to. RSL sit right below the Galaxy. They have two losses in their last five with two wins and a draw. Dynamo sits six, even though they've had three straight losses before the win against Nashville. Rapids sit seventh. They've had uh, two wins and two losses and a draw in their last five. Nashville sit eighth. They just lost to Houston. They beat RSL before that. They drew with Philly at home. Uh, Nashville should start turning it on. They're at the home stretch now. They have their own stadium. Let's see if they can do it. Timbers sit ninth. Really, the, their pattern is three draws in their last mm-hmm. five, then a loss and one win. Minnesota United, Logan, three straight losses. We'll talk about them in a sec. Seattle had three straight losses before this win against Minnesota. They still have two games in hand of most teams and three games in hand of a few. Uh, they can certainly get back up there. San Jose in 12th. Uh, two draws, two wins, and a loss. SKC in 13th. Three draws and two losses in their last five. Vancouver somehow bottom eight points. They had a win against TFC, and they, lost, uh, they drew with uh, San Jose. And they had three straight losses before that. What are your thoughts looking at the Western Conference table? I uh, think I'm not shocked by Vancouver. I think I'm most shocked by the fact that with Seattle and Sporting Kansas City, now given Seattle have a lot of games to make up and they're coming out at uh, Champions League, which I haven't talked to you since. That's yeah, wild. you haven't talked about that. Yeah. Give your thoughts on that. You predicted it. Yeah, dude, that's wild. I mean, it, it it's awesome to see an MLS team win it. Um, I wish they didn't play the damn game so late because I can't ever stay up to watch them win it. Um, but I'm getting gear text messaging uh, in the morning. So whenever I wake up, I love waking up to West Coast games because Jordan's always updated me on what's going on. Um, uh, and he texts me like bike score and stuff and some highlights. <laughs> so it's great to wake up to because it's like, all right. Like I just woke up that morning. I was like, just giddy because it, it really was. I mean, it, it, it's something that's special, something that we'll you know, always remember as an MLS fans. Um, and really, I mean, the, the more – the more of these competitions we win, I think the bigger MLS gets. So I think that's ultimately, you know, what Seattle's done for us. I think they've, they've uh, awakened a, a, a giant uh, in this league. And I think that eventually uh, MLS is one of those leagues that no longer gets looked at as uh, they're just, you know, the wild MLS and the Americans game. Um, but it, it's much more of like, now it's become, uh, I guess on the world stage, I think it's welcome to us uh, to the world stage. And I think you know, hopefully 
you know, we can kind of you know, push our way through um, and, and see what we can do. I, I would love to be able to get to one of those club world cups where we're playing <laughs> one of the European teams um, just because I think it'd be cool. But that being said, you know, I, I think I'm shocked by that. I think I'm shocked by the bottom of this whole conference, right, Jordan? Like a Nashville, Portland, Seattle, you can even throw Minnesota in there uh, with sporting Kansas city. I mean, these, these are all teams that like made the playoffs last year. So it's like, mm-hmm. What's going on? Like, what, everybody that wasn't in the playoffs last year is in the playoffs, and everybody that's out of the playoffs was in the except just, for the Rapids, right? Yeah, I think they're the only team that got up there now. Yeah, I mean RSL snuck in. They oh yeah they were in the playoffs last yeah, year because they made that run. Yeah yeah. So but, I mean they teams. made it on that's decision better day. than it's yeah. been right. I mean most of the season we've been talking about the whole top seven mm-hmm. were different teams than uh than last year Mm -hmm. so it's getting a little bit more regular i guess um okay uh let's let's talk portland um they were just an mls cup right Mm -hmm. is uh savarisi's seat a little warm i saw some people calling for his head but um i mean they're only look i mean there there's four teams with 15 points here uh, from sixth place all the way to ninth, so I feel like he he's got a pretty good chance of making that playoff spot. So I don't know if I would worry if I'm a Portland fan. Oh, you gotta but, be careful, but, like with that. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of what I've been saying all season, though, right? So yeah. there's been times where they could jump in there, but they haven't been. Yeah, no, I meant like you got to be careful, like not you. Um, you got to be careful if you're Portland or if you're. Like, even if you're sporting Kansas City, I know this year sucks. Um, I guess you could even throw Schmetzer in there, too. But I, I doubt his is hot because they've won that. But, I mean, you, if you're looking at Adrian Smith or somebody like that, like, you, you got to be careful because there's not much else. I don't think there's much else better than Geo. Like, I, I think if you let Geo go, there's a lot of teams that would be like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely our next guy. Like, I feel like he's a huge fish. Like, I feel like it, yeah, more I, so I, than I Caleb so. Porter. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, could you imagine if they fire him or if Adrian Smith for some reason was fired from Nashville? Um, or is it Gary Smith? I always get the Gary, Smith, Gary yeah. Smith. Yeah, sorry. You're mixing Adrian, Adrian Heath. Heath yeah. Yes, the wrong <laughs> who's, British who's, guy. His contract is up at the end of the year. Now he I'm should not be so sure they're they're gonna renew that. There's no way he stays around. But I guess we could do a whole we could do a whole segment on hot seats. Um, but yeah, it. it there's a coach out there, but I don't know if they would ever go after Aaron on Lasada. I feel like that's so against what Portland, although I don't know, they like controversy in Portland. So I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they like uh, making some interesting moves in the front office there and are some awful people, but they'll be, they'll get Gabriel Heinz. Yeah. They'll be like, we didn't need our players to have water anyway. Yeah, because you guys Gabriel Heinze and he comes in and he's like, you know who I want to? I want to bring in Matias Almeida. I think it would be great. <laughs> oh my and goodness! Matias Almeida ends up. He's like, all right, cool. Let's call Aaron out and see what he's doing. That sounds a lot like a Chicago move, though. So I'm not gonna <laughs> say anything about that. I guess. Yeah. But I guess Tor- uh, Portland. I mean, seven to two win. I mean, I know it's over Sporting Kansas City, but Sebastian Blanco finally looks good again. Uh, a huge healthy. win. Yep. So, I mean, Sebastian Blanco is key to what they're doing. I mean, you now are missing Diego, uh, Diego Valeri, um, who's not there this year. So you need somebody to be that kind of guy, that talisman. And I think they've got Sebastian back. And I hope he stays healthy because he's probably one of the more fun guys to watch in this whole league. So, Is, uh, is Vermees' spot hot? Uh, it seems like another when you're thing. down two DPs, I'm yeah. not sure you can really do much about that. Yeah, and another one. You fire him, God, there'd be a lot of people lining up at his door. Um, and that might even include the U.S. team yeah, at this point. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you don't make that move now. But I think if when Greg gets bounced from World Cup, I think U.S. Men's Federation go, if Vermees is out there, they go, all right, Greg, you didn't do what we wanted. Like, we're not growing enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's always like that next best thing, and he's the next best thing, I think. So, unless they fire Jesse Marsh, but looking at the last five of the West, the only team that hasn't lost in their last five is is Dallas, who've been on a 
on a good run here. They beat the Galaxy. They beat Seattle. They drew with Sporting. Probably wish they could take that. Uh, they beat Houston and drew with the Red Bulls. Sure, Jesus Ferreira's really- got nine goals. Remember when I was talking about how good he was? He was not, you know, he's not your average MLS player. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, is uh, I'll ask you a question now. Is he your number nine right now for the U.S. Men's National Team? I don't know. I mean, because there's – because he's not a real number nine. It'd be a false nine. It'd be a false, I yeah. I don't like that. I'd rather have somebody up there that has an actual instinct of, of goal scoring. Um, He's got nine goals. Yeah, it's tough, though. It really is tough because I don't think we'll know until, we get until the end of the season. And what I mean by that is the end of the MLS season where we're getting ready to go into the World Cup. You just pick the hottest player at that time. Mm-hmm. It's what I think. If it's Sargent, if it's Ferreira, if it's it's got to be somebody that you've called in before. But if it's uh, Pifak, if it's uh, anybody that is Pepe, anybody that is scoring a bucket load of goals at that time is the player that I pull the trigger on, I think. Uh, because you're going to want somebody in form. You're going to want somebody that's scoring goals. And uh, I think right now we can look at Ferrer and say, oh, he's doing well. But it kind of reminds me of any time we've been saying a player's been doing well. And then uh, eventually they're going to hit that cold streak. So, I mean, unless he keeps it up. But I don't know. I I really don't know what they're going to do for for the nine. I I really don't. And we got a lot of holes to fill elsewhere, too, with injury concerns. Yeah. um, with Miles Robinson and them, but it could be rough. Greg's going to have a headache, I think. Making that squad selection is going to be a very tough thing. You're not going to win at all. People are going to be upset it's not some third-tier player in Norway. Some people are going to be upset that it is a third-tier player in Norway. Some people are going to be upset if it's uh, Ferreira. Some people are going to be upset if it's not fair, right? Like there's, there's no way you can win a squad selection with the amount of depth that we have right now in positions that nobody has staked their claim in. And I think that is the hardest spot. No player has grabbed this by the horns and said, I am Mm -hmm. the number nine of this team and you're going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to like get injured for you to drop me. Nobody has been putting that case up there. Pepe did. He goes to Augsburg and you know, that's a tough adjustment for him. Um, Hoppy barely played after he moved, right? Uh, Sergeant is probably going to have to move again, or he's going to be in uh, the championship, championship and have to score goals there. Uh, PFOC doesn't look like a U.S. men's national P-Fuck, team striker. No, no. And, uh, you know, talking about DK, he he's coming back from injury, right? right. He's, he's getting worked in. So we don't really know who is going to be this talisman for, for the U.S. And it's almost the same thing we're kind of with the goalkeeper right now, right? We Those are the two spots that you don't want question marks, and those are our two biggest question marks going into the World Cup right now. And that's wild because we thought other positions were going to be, but I think we've got a solidified midfield now with Tyler yeah. Adams. You got Weston McKinney, who I think are two of the best midfielders, that, you know, in Europe, starting to get to that point where Tyler Adams and Weston are going to start making themselves known and heard because they're so good. Uh, I think you've got, like you said, if Gio's healthy, he's one of the top young wingers in Europe. You've got Pulisic, who I think is rotting at Chelsea, but I think once his move goes final and he moves somewhere else, which I think he does, I think that helps him tremendously. Um, I, you know, like you said, I I think Aaron Long steps now back into that spot with Walker now that Miles is hurt. So I think you've got that solidified. And then I think Jedi is Greg's guy and, Jedi's solid. Like, he's not I mean, great. But I think then you also have Sergio Dest, who's also, you know, the guy. So, 
Yeah. I mean, like you said, though, Jordan, the two spots you would if if you're going to compete in a World Cup, the two spots you need solidified are the two spots that we don't really have solidified. Now, that being said, the reason why we don't have the goalkeeper spot solidified is we do have two really good keepers that I think both deserve a chance to be the keeper. But then we also have the issue of the nine where it's like, I don't think we have anybody good enough to be a nine. So that's that's where we are. Yeah, goalkeeper, I would almost get like, let's knock on Stefan Fry's door. Yeah. Because um, he's constantly playing. He's really been good. I've always kind of wanted him on the U.S. team, but I kind of thought that ship had sailed. But now it seems like maybe it hasn't. So let's, mm-hmm. I don't know, because Gaga's not ready. Um, Turner Sorry. might be on Arsenal's bench. Stefan mm-hmm. has to figure out his situation. Although the Arsenal thing did get interesting because there was things out now that that Arteta doesn't quite like Ramsdale. So Hmm. maybe, maybe. Maybe. I'm sure Arsenal fans, though, are not like, you know what we need? Matt Turner. Turner. Like, as good as Turner is, like, they want a sexy goalkeeper signing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Anything else on the West? Um. The Galaxy are defending really well, Jordan, but they just aren't scoring. I mean, that, I mean that's been a big thing for them. Like, they were scoring goals last year. They just freaking let everybody else score on them. But if they could get some scoring, I think they're they're easily a top-four team in the West. Um, yeah. They are currently, but I don't think with their scoring record that they retain that high. I mean, you're going to have teams that are kind of sneak up and try to catch you, like a Portland, like a Nashville. I think Seattle comes up well, eventually. Yeah, that's the thing. Portland has scored 18, mm-hmm. right? If you look at the other teams around Galaxy right now, like RSL, yeah. Houston, and Rapids Same. have all scored 12 and 14 and 13. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to get it right before that really bites them, I think, because mm-hmm. Nashville scored 11, right? That's a team that could come get them. Portland scored 18. That's a team that can get them, but they also give up 18. Minnesota scored 12. Seattle scored 12. Seattle, though, scored 12 in nine games. So yeah. there could be, you know, with two more games, they could overtake the goal total of the Galaxy. But I think Galaxy are fairly protected right now with all those other teams' <laughs> lack of scoring. Because if you look above the Galaxy, that's when you have Austin with 23, Dallas with 19. And LAFC with 23. So that is a very, uh, uh, just a, just a tough, 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 tough thing right now. It seems to in the West to score goals, right? If you're outside those top three and you're, and then you have San Jose of 19, but they give up 26. And like I said, Portland with 18, everybody else has been in the 10 to 12 range, which is pretty crazy. The East is scoring goals a lot easier than the West is right now. Um, and Dallas, like, I didn't realize how many Americans Dallas had until I was looking at their roster. Uh, Brandon Cervania, uh, who's been really, really good as a midfielder, 23 years old, American, three assists, one goal and 10 matches played, eight starts, pretty young kid. Paul Ariel has been great, um, which who knew that would have worked out, right? Um, I think that was just more about if he stayed healthy. You got Marco Farfan, who I forgot was American, who's played really well in defense, has two assists. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, nine goals, one assist. You got Paxton Pomichol. Jordan, I think that's the biggest surprise of them all. 11 games played, 11 games started, healthy Paxton Pomichol. Um, you, you got to see more of that as, you know, he was a big hype uh, when he was coming through, kind of like Aiden Morris is now. Um, but you got two guys. I mean, you got a whole Dallas roster that's, I mean, surviving on American blood. Um, and it's, it's proven to be pretty good. I thought losing Ryan Hollingshead would have been huge. And as well as he's played with the LAFC, they're sniffing right up next to him. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, gosh, Dallas is fun to watch. And they are fun to watch. They're way better to watch than they ever have been since mm-hmm. I've started watching. Like, they're exciting. So. Kind of reminds me of the Perea Dallas. Like uh, yeah. this is they were fun to watch back. Back then, I mean, mm-hmm. look, this is, you know, uh, p- people were kind of like, really, they're going to change managers, right? I felt like some people were kind of like against them changing managers, but uh, 
it's working out right now. And they're stomping out good teams too. I mean, it just their defense eight goals like that's how stout they've been. And they again they don't have Ryan Holling Ryan Hollingshead who is one of the better defenders in this whole league. So yeah, wow. Now they just need fans. Good for Dallas. They're one of the original teams that have not won an MLS Cup as well. So, them, Revs. Geez, am I missing anybody else? Red Bull. That's pretty close, I think. Yeah. That should be all the originals that have not that sounds won like an it, MLS yeah. Cup. So there you go. Not much, not much left for them to do. And you know they had always been really good, and they just need to be able to get on the right foot. And that's about it, right? Anything else uh, that you wanted to touch on before we no. head out? Nope. I think that's pretty much it. Got in everything that I missed. Big injuries. Transfer deadline's coming. Got a couple weeks. Yeah, we talked about average age. Toronto's is 26.5, which is actually about middle of yeah. MLS right now. So maybe we overstated that, but just want to give a little correction. I don't know. They got a lot of young dudes. That brings the average down. Yeah. <laughs> When you're playing seven-year-olds, I mean. They have an average of 52% possession. Keep the ball, but can't do anything with it. Yeah. There you go. They've used 25 of their players, of their squad. That's insane. Uh, The Union have only used 18. Maybe they're getting a little tired. Maybe that that's the least amount. Maybe that's why they were having some trouble. I don't know. No rotation, right? Who knows? Uh, just numbers I'm reading here on FB Ref uh, to back up some claims that we've made. But yeah, so looking forward to what else we got going on here. We didn't go over match of the week preview we kind of had to catch up on some stuff but wednesday may 18th we have dc versus nycfc 7 30 red bulls versus chicago at 7 30 union versus miami also at 7 30 minnesota they've lost three straight they go up against the galaxy that's an interesting matchup at allianz field eight o'clock 8 30 houston versus seattle SKC versus Colorado at 8.30. Nashville versus Montreal at 8.30. That's one I think I would do match of the week. It's a struggling Nashville team at home at Geodas Park hosting the Eastern Conference champions. Montreal, not champions, but current first place. Uh, Sorry, I crowned them too early. 10 o'clock, Vancouver, FC Dallas. 10.30, LAFC versus Austin. That's another great matchup. San Jose versus Portland at 10.30. Those are all on Wednesday. Saturday, we got Columbus versus LAFC at 3.30 on Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter. 4 o'clock is DC and Toronto. 6 o'clock is Cincy, New England. And Nashville at 7.30 against Atlanta. That's on Fox, Big Fox. Sunday, we had like two games this week. This week, we had a million. (laughs) There is no consistency here. Montreal, 4 o'clock versus RSL. Charlotte versus Vancouver at 5. NYCFC versus Chicago at 5. Miami and New York at 6. Dallas, Minnesota at 7. San Jose, SKC at 7.30. Austin, Orlando at 8. Colorado, Seattle at 8. LAFC versus Houston at 8. And uh, Portland, Philly at 10 o'clock on FS1. And, yeah, so only one primetime game on Sunday, and it's the 10 o'clock game, of course. (sighs) Then we have Open Cup next Wednesday, the 25th. We'll talk about that next week because we didn't get a chance to really talk too much about it this week. 
There you go. If you want to follow us on any platform, it's at Stateside Show. That's it. Reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. Correct us on any stats we messed up. And I guess we'll catch you next time. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.